In today's episode, we're talking to online child safety expert, Jessica Chalmers, so you can understand more about keeping the children in your life safe on social media. You're listening to JFDI with the two Lauras, and this episode is a little bit different. We're welcoming our very first guest to the show, and we're going to be talking about a different side of social media. Now, if you enjoy this episode, we would love to know. So please, wherever you're listening, rate and review, because that will help us to make the show even better and help us to get it in front of far more people. We usually talk about social media marketing and business on the show, but today we are talking about online safety. With three children myself and eight nieces and nephews, I'm at the point in my life where I am starting to worry about how to keep my kids and other kids safe on social media. So I'm excited to welcome our very first guest to the show today to get some tips. And even if you don't have children yourself, it's likely that your clients do. So keep listening because you'll pick up some tips that might help them. Welcome to the show, Jess. It's so lovely to have you with us. Thank you for having me. I'm sure that there's plenty of parents who are pretty concerned right now with the state of the internet and how they can keep their kids safe on social media. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion. But before we get into it, I'm really just curious about how on earth you got into this line of work. Why did you decide to do this? So spill the beans, tell us your backstory. We are here for it. Okay, so as you know, I am a social media manager and I was looking after some local businesses' Instagram accounts. And I was aware, as we are as social media managers, about the power and influence that social media has over us, which is amazing when you're a business and you're sucking in your ideal customer. But I had this niggly feeling in my head that this is less good for children and young people. So this sort of niggle continued. And then I watched an amazing documentary called, um, it's a Netflix documentary called The Social Dilemma. And this documentary talks about, explores this very subject about the power and influence that the online world has over us. And I realized very quickly that I was not equipped to keep my children safe online. Had a bit of panic, spoke to a friend about it and mentioned to her, you know, I I want to learn this stuff. And at the time I was running Instagram workshops for businesses as well. And she said, Jess, go and learn it all make a workshop, I'll pay, we'll all pay. And that's, and kind of, so that's how the idea was born. Um, So from then I went on a journey and I've been training, I've trained with some of the world's leading child safety online experts. I've attended conferences and webinars. I've read so many books and listened to more podcasts than you can possibly imagine. And with that information, I've taken the best bits and I've kind of packaged them up into workshops that I run for parents, businesses and schools. So that's the story. It's brilliant, isn't it? Because as a busy working parent and acknowledging that social media is a minefield, and that's for someone who works in the field, it's quite daunting to say, right, I need to find out about my children's online safety. It's quite a daunting thing to think about. So the fact that there is now you there that you can people can come along to your workshops and stuff and learn and you've done that hard work for them the time consuming part is brilliant yeah well thank you this is what I mean I I kind of 
thought about it in the way that I, when I had my babies and they were little, I went to a a first aid course. Now I knew I could have found that information online, but I didn't want to. I wanted to go to someone. I wanted to spend 45 minutes there. And I wanted someone to tell me everything I needed to know. So I kind of think of my workshops just like a kind of a first aid course almost for the online world. It's sort of, it's just packaged information that's simple and easy to understand and practical. I love that. I think as pet, and obviously I don't have this issue because William can't access the internet, but I think a lot of parents that I know kind of bury their head in the sand and they don't want to like venture into that world because they're just a bit nervous of it. So without scaring our listeners too much, why should they be worried about social media? Like what are the risks to their children from being on social so that we can kind of address those first and then understand how we can overcome them? Okay, so I want to say straight off that I am pro-technology. I often talk about the risks, of course I do, but there's there's loads of benefits. Um, and our children are lucky that they're growing up in this, you know, this world, this amazing tech at their fingertips. But of course, with anything going online, there are risks. Um, and the kind of general risks that you get online, which of course are also translated to social media, there's a risk of cyberbullying. Uh, there's a risk of them coming across inappropriate content, whether that's porn or hateful content or, you know, dreadful things like self-harm, suicide content. That's all out there, unfortunately, on social media. And then there's the risk of online grooming, which unfortunately has risen. Um, it, it's gone. It's risen a lot since the pandemic. Uh, the FBI recently recorded that there's over 500,000 predators online. So that's half a million predators online so the more children that went online especially in lockdown unfortunately the more groomers are online so that is a problem and that's something that we must be aware of and it's scary isn't it because like when I was young my parents would warn me about like don't walk alone in the dark and all that sort of stuff whereas now there's so many more things you need to be aware of isn't there there's also what I find really upsetting is, yes, those risks still exist for children who are out and about on the streets, you know, don't talk to strangers, blah, 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 don't get in people's cars. That's all still very true. But these risks are risks that can take place when they're in your home, when they're in their safe place. And that's, that's what's worrying, isn't it? When these kids are sat yeah. on their devices, even next to you, they can be having yeah. conversations with people they naively shouldn't be having conversations with or being you know led down this path that we don't want our children to be led down it is frightening it is frightening and actually I remember when I had my son that was it was one of the things that really struck me was that I just felt that awful feeling that now it's you know and this is when he was a baby it was kind of going playing in my head at the thought that a bully can follow them home they can follow them into their bed you know in the front door up the stairs into their bedroom you know they're just it's it's, it's a constant, but we can, you know, there's things that we can do to sort of mitigate these risks. Yeah. Cause, and I think that's, I think part of the problem, and I say this, and I know I'm in, from this perspective, I'm in a fortunate position that I do understand pretty much all social media platforms. The only one I don't properly understand is Snapchat, because obviously I don't use it in a work capacity. But I I understand the platforms and I understand how they work. And I, although I'm using it from a business perspective, I see kind of the parental controls that exist for parents and children. But I think part of the problem is for the wider general public, especially the non-social media using parents out there, 
they don't understand how the platforms work, let alone what kind of um, functionalities there are that exist to protect their children. And it can be, I guess, quite overwhelming. Like I see it all the time with um, TikTok in particular. And I know this has happened amongst people that I know in that their children go on and I want to be on TikTok. I want to be on TikTok. I want to be on TikTok. Like I get it. Um, (laughs) And so they say, okay, well, let's set up an account on my phone. I think the parent's phone. And then I, I can monitor what you're doing, which is fine. Obviously, that's great intention. But then they set up their TikTok account and they sync it normally to their mobile phone, which means then that there I then go on. If I go on TikTok now, I can see TikToks from children who I don't have a clue who they are. But because that person has synced it with their mobile and just think how many phone numbers we have in our, our phones. You know, we have Gosh, yeah. the builders, the Mm-hmm. Like I use my phone for all my work contacts, you know, the dentist, the, you know, there's just so many different telephone numbers of people that you wouldn't want them to be able to see your children's content. Not saying there's anything wrong with builders or dentists, may I add. They were just examples. <laughs> and I think that comes down to we don't understand how these platforms work. And obviously, yes, if they had the privacy settings that other people couldn't see the content, that would solve that. But yeah, I'm constantly scrolling through TikTok and it will say from your contacts and it's like a, you know, a nine-year-old boy or, a, you know, 11. And so that could yeah. be happening across the board. And I don't know who these kids are. Like, I don't know them. But I'm being exposed to these kids and these kids are therefore being exposed to people in their parents' phones. And yeah, it's worrying. So in terms of how parents, obviously there's parents need to take the responsibility to educate themselves, but there are controls in place, aren't there, for a lot of platforms that parents can utilise? Yeah, there are. And actually the social media, um, you know, platforms and apps, they do have parental controls. And I hate the word parental controls. It just sounds so controlling. And I think it's a terrible word. I haven't got a better one, by the way, but (laughs) I think that's a bad one. But I kind of think if your child, if you think your child's old enough, that's one of the other things I think it's worth mentioning. If you think your child's old enough, most of these platforms are for 13 plus. And lots of children are going on, you know, at say eight, when they should be 13. But bear in mind that there was a great article in the Times recently, which was talking about this subject, that if your child then goes on to social media at eight, when they're meant to be 13, when they're 13, the algorithm thinks that they're 18. So you can only imagine the kind of content that's being fed to them then. So, you know, so when you, you know, when you think your child's old enough to go on social media, it's a time where you, you know, it's a great chance for a conversation to sit down, to go through the parental controls and kind of talk about why you're setting them up. It's a, it's a moment to talk about, you know, we're making your account private so you can't speak to strangers. And that then leads to a conversation about grooming or we're putting on, we're going to restrict, put in restricted mode because then that means you can't have inappropriate content and you can talk then about the kind of content that they might come across because for all the kind of parental controls that you put in place, your child's only got to walk to school or go to their friend's house and with their big brother or big sister who doesn't have the parental control set on, look at their phone and they're going to see it anyway. So it's all about conversations, I think. Talk, talk, talk to your children about what's out there, what they might see, what they might come across and then kind of explain to them what they would then do if that happens. Yeah, I think I um, 
recently had to talk to a child because of something they were doing online and they were basically um slagging off their teachers at school which I get you know they're kids like I'm um, you know, in my day, we'll have done that, but it would have just been probably face-to-face conversations. But yeah, and they they put it on uh, TikTok, and they said, "Oh, it's fine. It's a private account. No one can see that." And I had to s- explain to them that nothing on the internet is private, and yes, nothing. it's a private account, but someone can screen record that and send it into the teachers or or show it to somebody, and and screenshot and so nothing even if it's private even if it's a one-to-one conversation in dms on a on a platform all of that in theory can be in the public domain very very quickly and i and i had to kind of explain that and you could see the kind of penny drop it's like oh yeah i hadn't thought about that they thought about oh i've got a private account i'm a bit protected here i can say what i want because i'm just essentially talking to my friends but you only need one of those friends to show it to a parent or one of those friends to just be annoyed with you one day and go well i'm going to show the teachers what you've been saying on tiktok and that's it it's out there yeah, that's that's a really good point because you just they just need to know that whatever you know, the moment they make their first post or their first comment, that the first step online is basically the start of their digital footprint, and that digital footprint is going to follow them for the rest of their lives. Um, so it's just got to be, and but that can be a really positive thing. Think about it. You know, that could be a really great thing if they're posting really positive, great things about what they're doing. Then that's a positive digital footprint. Um, but I think it's with our children need to know that there's now, you know, if they're going to if they're going to go to university or they're going to go to school, there's there's admissions teams whose job is to look at our digital footprint. There's people in, you know, there's people's jobs in companies, which is their job is to look at your digital footprint. There was a case in the class of 2020 at Harvard University where these boys had imagine they've worked so hard to get into Harvard yeah. University, and then. The, the admissions team were looking through their digital footprint and they saw some hateful comments that I believe were posted on Facebook. Anyway, that's it. Places are taken away, no longer at Harvard University. So I think that just goes to show you, you know, if our children know that stuff, that's going to make them maybe think twice about what they post. More people need to know that. That's so true. I yeah. haven't actually thought that. Yeah. I never knew that. No, and I certainly haven't spoken to my children about that because I suppose it's... <laughs> You think of all the other things, don't you? Like I think about the online grooming and the bullying. And I forget that actually the impact that their their actions they take now can have a massive impact on them when they're older. God, how lucky are we that we didn't have to deal with that, though? I, oh, I no. probably would never have got a job. I know. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I know. We're very lucky. We're very lucky. So we sit down with our children. We feel like they're old enough. They set themselves mm. up on an account um not using their parents phone numbers as the setter yep. um and and away they go and i think you know yes so i i can see what would happen because i can see this what happens in my house and maybe i'm on my own here but they're allowed access to something you monitor it and don't get me wrong i like i monitor my kids phones i look at them every single day but obviously you you can't see what they've seen is the issue isn't it on a lot of these platforms yeah. and and I can just see it play out that you you say yes okay finally I'll let you have 
TikTok, for example, because you've been bugging me for however many months. And yes, you have those conversations with them. And then you say, look, whenever you're on it, you need to be around me so I can see the kind of content or I can hear the content. So you have to be sat next to me. Within a few days, the parents in the room, but they may be concentrating on cooking the tea, for example. So they're not quite Mm -hmm. tuned into it. Then a week or so later, that child is sat in their bedroom and you don't have any, you're not aware of any content that they're consuming. And what I think parents don't realise is how sensitive the algorithms are. And it only takes a child to loiter a little bit more on a maybe a slightly controversial type of piece of content that that is saying to TikTok in this example, okay, show me more of that. So although when that child was sat next to you two weeks ago, they were just watching girls dancing, for example, or Fortnite mm-hmm. videos, two weeks later, their, their whole content there could be served is completely different because of what the algorithm has learned. And obviously that can still be positive. That's not to say that in two weeks, the content they're seeing is horrible awful pornographic you know I suspect that's not the case but I think parents need to be made aware of how sensitive these algorithms are on all platforms yeah and that that is that is a big thing because of course if you if a child is shown you know something shocking let's let's say porn or something hateful, or they're just they're going to naturally linger longer because it's going to shock you. So you look at it, and and therefore that is you know, then you're bombarded with more and more of that of that imagery, and you know before you know it, you're in a sort of porn rabbit hole. So I can kind of see how um, you know it, parents need to be aware, and and that's where conversations happen because you know you can't sit with a child on the sofa with them while they're on their phones. You, you need to guide them at the beginning, absolutely, but you can't sit with them, you know, forever. And in the same way, I really believe parental controls have a, have a great place for younger children because it gives them the, you know, it, it allows them to explore the internet without, you know, being restricted. But I think conversations are, are the key here because if you can speak to your children about what they might come across, then at least if they ever do see that, they know then what to do. Um, so it might be, let's say you're on Instagram, you can you can click um, you can click the account and you can say show me less of this. You know, there's there's every every account, every social media app has its own sort of way of hiding content. So I think it's just sitting down at the beginning, going through what they might see, what if they see that, what they're going to do, um, and just being very open. Because if you think your child's old enough to have a phone. Or, have, or be, you know, be on social media, then they need to have, be old enough to have those conversations about what they might see because it's out there. Yeah, definitely. I think going back to what you were just saying, Laura, about um, the algorithms being really sensitive, a lot of my friends, if we go out for coffee or whatever, their children don't have phones, but they will give them their phone and they will go and then look on their phone. So then they are seeing that content that is made for adults and they don't necessarily realise that. And they don't think about what they've looked at before. They think the kid's going to go and look for other th- other things. And that's not how the algorithms work. So I think there's a massive piece of education there. The content I see all the time on TikTok is how to contour my face. And <laughs> weirdly, I see people taking pregnancy tests a lot. Like, I don't know what I've, I'm obviously watching them because I keep seeing them, all these people like not getting a positive pregnancy test. It's, anyway, so I think... 
this you know this is what I'm seeing and I forget then that everybody else isn't seeing this like my feed is very very much curated for me so we can naively sit there and think oh it's okay my daughter can go on TikTok because she will want to learn how to um contour her face I don't think she needs to learn about pregnancy (laughs) tests at the moment but you know so you do think oh it's okay because we're not exposed to that like we don't see you know these awful challenges that we've heard about in the news I don't see them because they don't fall into obviously the the content that I have previously engaged with so if I was to now go and try and engage with that kind of content obviously I will then start to see it in my feed but I need to know about it to go and find it in the first place yeah so we just because we see the type of content we see our children can be seeing completely different content yeah it's it's really true. I, I remember when it was the the terribly sad Molly Russell inquest um in the in the news recently and a lot of her um suicide and self-harm content was fed to her from Pinterest. Now, if you look at my Pinterest yeah. account, it's full of it's full of autumnal crafts yeah. and birthday interior cakes. Design. You know, it's, exactly, <laughs> interior design. It's a very different, you know, and, and so it, as a parent you can you can sort of you can be, it's very, it's confusing and it's, and it's not, and it's, and there's absolutely no shame in not knowing how to do it. Because as I said at the very beginning, it's, it is a minefield and it, and it is a learn, and it's something we sort of need to learn because we weren't, this isn't something that we've grown up with. No. It's new to us, isn't it? And I think, I, I honestly think if you don't know how to use a platform and you don't understand the platform, then your children shouldn't be allowed to use it. And that's my in my opinion and I'm sure there's pl- plenty of people who won't agree with that like I, my children will not go on snapchat a because I've heard so much awful stuff about it um personally and professionally and I don't understand the platform well enough to feel like I could monitor my children on it so they'll just never until I find the time to educate myself which is not going to be anytime soon and they're not old enough they're not they're not going to go on it despite how many times they ask me and I know not every parent is the same and I know parents are you know they don't have the time and they think oh well what harm can happen let's just go and you know chuck them on snapchat or what tiktok or what have you and I appreciate it's difficult when they say oh but everybody's got it it's only me who hasn't got it oh my goodness yeah I get get all of that but I just think parents need to take the time to educate themselves and have those open and honest conversations with their child because like some of the platforms I just think are awful or can be awful places for kids. So on that note then, when we know that some platforms are better or worse than others, have you, in your opinion, is there any platform that's like better or worse to, for your children to be on? Oh, that's a tricky one because they've all got, they've all got something about them, whether that's a positive thing or a negative thing. So I personally don't think there is one that I would say is worse or better than any of the others because for example with Instagram you've of course got the whole self-esteem thing that lots lots of girls face there was a Facebook files that came out a while ago which talked about how girls really did feel bad when they were on Instagram this was this was Facebook's own research um how they did feel bad when they were on Instagram it made them feel bad about themselves because that's I mean even as an adult I have to sometimes tell myself come on Jess it's all smoke and mirrors you know you'll see this isn't a real life this is a this is a snap this is a curated snapshot um of someone's perfect day it's not reality and I think that's something that children 
especially girls can struggle with and the filters the filters on instagram are so powerful i did a um i did a reel quite recently and it's gone bonkers and it's literally me showing myself in a filter not in a filter and i think that's um it just shows how clever they are yeah they are really really changes your face um so that's sort of instagram and then you've got snapchat which of course has a, something called a snap map which if you're not familiar it's a it's a map and it shows you exactly pinpoints exactly where you are so you can show your friends but also it can show your straight you know show strangers so unless that's set up properly that's a bit of a clanger um and then you've got tiktok with as you mentioned earlier laura the uh, challenges basically just people who don't know a tiktok challenge is a challenge um on tiktok which goes viral and it could be doing anything now the blackout challenge was children holding their breath until they blacked out which has ended in death has ended in people um with brain damage you know it's just a disaster but there's fun challenges and there's silly challenges and then there's really dangerous challenges so with all of these things you just got to be educated and then you can make a choice whether you think it's right for your child or not yeah now this is going to be a really difficult question but if there was just one thing you could tell parents to do to help keep their children safe online what would that one thing be so my one thing would actually be three things <laughs> but if I had to really do one thing then my one thing would be talk it's really simple but talk to your children talk to your children about the risks of online so as I said at the very beginning you know talk to them about what they might come across talk about grooming talk about inappropriate content talk about cyberbullying talk to them about it so they're armed and they know then what to do and if it happens but also don't just talk about the scary stuff talk about the fun stuff ask them you know how you know because the online world is so huge for children talk to them about you know how was your day online like what was funny what did you see that was funny today oh tell me about your game tell me about what you're playing in roblox we know we don't really want to know about roblox but talk about roblox because your child is such a huge part of their life they want to talk to you about it and the more they talk about the good stuff if it ever goes wonky then they're going to talk to you because they're used to having that conversation but if I got to have two more then my other things would be screen grab block and report so I think I mean you want to say that to your child until you're blue in the face and they're so bored of you screen grab teach your child to screen grab on every device that they use whether that's a a kindle a phone a laptop whatever it is so if, if anybody ever sends them an inappropriate message they see then they can screen grab that and they've got some the evidence. Especially on platforms like WhatsApp and Snapchat that have disappearing messages. Exactly. It can go, it can go in a flash. And so if, if you screen grabbed it, you've got some evidence. And teach your children to block and report. So in pretty much every gaming platform and social media app, it's all pretty much the same. You click the three dots, you block, you report. But teach them how to do that. And then they're empowered. So if anybody is unkind or says something rude or shares something they don't want to see, they can get rid of that person straight away. I mentioned a moment ago about that reel, but um, the filter reel. Someone sent something quite horrible, a, a really quite an unpleasant message to me the other day. And I just thought, no, thank you. Block report, gone. I didn't give it a moment's thought. You know, I could have I could have lingered on that and worried about it, but I didn't. I blocked them, I reported them, and I moved... Actually, I didn't report them. I just blocked them because they were just being a bit of a meanie and moved on. And I think um, that's a really empowering thing that we can teach our children. Yeah, such good yeah. advice. That's good advice thank that you. we need to take too, Laura. <laughs> yes. just just block and move on definitely yeah. block and move on yeah love that oh this has been brilliant there's been so much good stuff um laura davis got any last minute selfish questions you want to ask for yourself oh no but i'm i'm <laughs> just gonna 
follow and, and I was going to say stalk Jess then, but that's probably not an appropriate <laughs> term. But no, it's a, stalk away. it's a constant education, isn't it? And I don't think, and us, and we're, we're in the industry, aren't we? We see how much social media changes on a day-to-day basis. And I guess that's worrying in itself, isn't it, as parents? Uh, yes. Three years ago, when I'd have been playing around on Snapchat, there wasn't no those snap map things. So if I was to say to my child, yes, you can go on Snapchat without having looked at it myself, I would not have had heard this. I would not have known about the map thing. So it's it's not just about educating yourself to give your child permission to use that platform it's about continuing to educate yourself and to be aware of the changes as well because yeah they change all the time they do they change all the time it is it is fast moving this has been so good jess thank you so so much so before we go for anyone who's listening who wants more help where can they find you uh, where's the best for they place them to connect with you so they can come and learn more Okay, so I have a website, which is socialjess.com. But if you follow me, if you have an Instagram account, come and follow me on Instagram, which is the underscore social Jess. And on there, I share lots of tips and advice about um, keeping your children safe online. And I also, as I mentioned at the beginning, I run workshops. Um, so I've got in the, between now and Christmas, I've got a social media workshop, a, just an introduction to child safety online workshop, a gaming workshop, and then a little snippy snappy pre-Christmas Christmas tech gifts workshop, which will be a kind of a quick half an hour. If you're getting some Christmas tech for your children, here's how to set it up safely. Oh, that's brilliant. That's such a good idea. We'll put all the links for all of that in the show notes. So definitely go and check in with Jess and go and follow her. Thank you so much, Jess, for being our very first guest on this show. It's been brilliant. Well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. So you probably know other people who are worried about their kids being on social media. So send them a link to this episode or we'd love it if you could share this on social media so more children and more parents have the tools that they need to ensure their children are safe online. I'm sure they'll be forever grateful. See you next time.